the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose, or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. In studio with me today is my good friend, producer, and co-host, Mr. Carl Big Papa Welsh. How you doing there, Carl? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I am excited because I've seen this lovely, vibrant young lady we're going to interview today, and I can't wait to ask her some questions. How you doing, Neanda Sam King? I'm, How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? We're doing fantastic. We want to dive into the subject matter, but before we do, Neanda, we want to learn a little bit about you. What can you share to our audience of who you are? Okay, so I am an African immigrant from Sierra Leone who moved to the United States with my family when I was only an infant, and my family relocated to North Carolina, and that's where I grew up. Then I moved to New York after high school, and I attended the university at Albany, and I received my bachelor's in social work in May 2016. Then I received my master's in social work in May 2017. I did a one-year program. And after receiving my master's, I moved out to San Jose, California to start my career. And to be honest, I didn't feel as though I could make a difference until I started getting involved with different organizations in college. Mm -hmm. And when I had the opportunity to work with different populations with different needs, that work propelled me to really hone in on making a difference within various different communities and particularly within the African community. Mm. Well, you know, the one thing about it, you sound very, very smart. Uh, And you you chose to work at an agency called Ujima Adult and Family Services, right? Right, right. Now, what does does Ujima Adult and Family Services, what do they do? Yeah, so at Ujima, we provide African-centered, community-based behavioral health and social support services for the African-American community. Recently, Ujima has partnered with San Andreas Regional Center to provide outreach and advocacy services to our community, and I am an outreach advocate 
and I'll help families learn about and access services provided to those with developmental disabilities, such as autism, cerebral palsy, uh, epilepsy, and intellectual disability. Wow. You know, those things, um, I I know there's an issue, and we'll talk more about it a little bit later. Um, Mm -hmm. Those things are prevalent in everybody's community, and yet, you know, getting culturally relevant, you know, services is really important. As you see this and you're, you know, anticipating working in this field, have you had a vision of maybe going back to Africa and setting up these same types of things there? I would love to. I would love to really go back. And I think a lot of times the language around some of these uh, topics are very sensitive. And But I think it's very important to really be able to partner with the community and stakeholders within those communities and really raise awareness and make it a priority because oftentimes within our communities, um, we kind of keep it to ourselves and reaching out is almost, it feels as though it's a sign of betrayal Mm. to privacy within our families. But being able to say there is this problem and communally we can come together and come up with solutions. So I would absolutely love to go back to Africa and do work there. (laughs) Have you found and I know Carl and I will talk about stuff like this all the time. You know, people in our community are very private when it comes to finances and health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can't find out what, well, I ain't going to tell you how much money I make. Why did you do that? <laughs> right. right. We're, we're here trying right. to help your business. How do you, how do you see you making an impact in our community by getting people to devolve and, or just kind of open up and share these things? Because you and I both know the sooner we know somebody's health condition, the better mm-hmm. able we're able to help them. How do, how do you plan on doing that? Absolutely. I think the first thing is uh, one word and one word only. I think trust mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Um, and being able to build that rapport, I think, becomes the most important piece before doing any work or any type of access to services. Because if someone doesn't trust you, um, it's really hard for them to want to access that. And be and how to go about building that trust would be um, coming to more events where the community is at, getting to know families for who they are, and really understanding people at, at their space at, that they're at in that point in time. Um, and while doing that, people learn about you and they learn your intent. And one thing that you can't fake is energy. Mm. And people will realize soon if you have good intentions or if you're just trying to use them to get to another initiative. And I think really building that trust has been huge. And I think it is the best way to really connect with people. And well, you know, you seem like a natural for that. Yeah. I mean, you're so engaging and all that. What do you think, Carl? She's yeah, got it sounds great. She knows what she's talking about. Now, what type of programs do you guys actually have uh, that comes out of the out of the uh, um, recovery center? Um, so we have well, once a family is connected to certain services, um, they're able to get um, an independent skills trainer to help them with certain services. So if someone needs help with um, 
certain day-to-day activities. Someone can come out to the home and help show them those skills. Um, also working. So really pairing that family with a service coordinator that can really help them um, find a job that can really let them work the best way that they can work, even with that disability. Um, there's also adult day programs where people can come out and really be able to engage in different activities with other people so you don't feel isolated due to your disability. Now, those of us who, who may follow yeah. uh, Kwanzaa and understanding the, the third principle of Kwanzaa is, uh, is Ujima, Collective Work and Responsibility. Is the program built and based around that about how to build and maintain our communities and and make you know help our brothers and sisters that have challenges and problems? Is it built around that that principle? For sure, I think the beauty of this partnership is being able to connect with agencies and having them cultivate this partnership in a way that fits for that respective community. And while doing so, we're able to um, talk with families, speak a little bit about um, some of the 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 norms within the African-American community and how that affects them and how can we make this partnership culturally reflective for them. So maybe oftentimes whenever we're doing work within this field, people will go out with the best intentions and want to work with a family without realizing those cultural pieces. And I think the beauty of it is that we're partnered um, with San Andreas because they know that we have that awareness and it's easier to connect with those families when we have those, um, we have that uh, level of knowledge before going out and getting those services started. So you guys are, are you a nonprofit organization? I assume. Yes. And and yeah. there's, so there are definitely ways that people can contribute to your organization. Right. Right. So, um, and I think what we do, oftentimes we have um, our staff meetings on Wednesdays and we always um, try to figure out ways that we can um, come up with different uh, ways of fundraising mm-hmm. and raising awareness about how we can really get that word out there because families need these resources. Right. So we're oftentimes like what my boss, um, Yvonne Maxwell, we have these brain melds and we're always <laughs> trying to come up with <laughs> are the mind melds, trying to constantly come up with ways where we can reach our families and, you know, just really connect with them in the fiscal aspect and also in the outreach. You know, I got a little history with Yvonne there. I uh, I remember when she started uh, Ujima back in around maybe 1990, 91-ish, huh? Do you know that? Yeah, I think the 26th anniversary, or wow. 25th anniversary just came up um, recently. Wow. So it, they have done a lot of great work. I started there in August. Oh, of August, last year. August of last year? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty new, but... Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! There's nowhere else I'd rather be. It's, <laughs> it's a great, it's truly a great organization, and I just feel at home every time I come to work. <laughs> well, we've got about a minute left for this side of this segment. We're going to bring you back, so I want you to get ready to get ready to tell the listeners how they can connect with you in Ujima, okay. and we're going to talk more about Roots Clinic. And uh, the little thing I'm going to share is that because the Chamber is a business organization, we're going to talk on the other half, too, about the business of health. 
You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Mike's our engineer. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way to bring us back. Neanda Sam King. She's our guest today, and we want to welcome you back, Neanda. There were some things we were talking about in between the break that I'm very excited about talking about. It's Roots Clinic. And mm-hmm. when I think of Roots Clinic and I think about our listeners listening and they're thinking, hey, why would I go to Roots Clinic? Uh, what could I get done at Roots Clinic that I couldn't get done anywhere else? Or why would somebody want to go to Roots Clinic? Can you let us know, Neanda? Yeah. Um, so Roots Clinic, some of the services that are offered, um, they have pediatrics. Um, so it's a good comprehensive care for your child, uh, physical exams and checkups. So for for school and work, and just gives you peace of mind before you embark on your academic journey. Um, TB tests, immunizations, lab tests, um, and it's just a great um, preventative resource that we have within our community. Mm, I love that. And I'm just going to yeah. say a couple things about the history of Roots Clinic. And if our listeners are listening and there's anything off, we want you to challenge us. Call us in. <laughs> it's um, it's in San Jose okay. at Ujima Adult and Family okay, Services. It's, okay. it's right there. But the history I know about it is um, with the Black Leadership Kitchen Cabinet, which is a organization or just uh, an association of a bunch of different black organizations in San Jose that deal with our community. Well, they approached the county supervisors and they did a health study. And from that health study, they found there were quite a bit of disparities in services to our community. And uh, the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors actually decided to help fund that disparity. And they decided, let's bring Roots clinic from Oakland down here and have a presence in San Jose. And that's how it got to Ujima Adult and Family Services. And I'm really excited about it because at the end of the day, when I think about all the different services that are in a community, you know, our community doesn't have a lot of culturally relevant, you know, services to them. And and people may think, oh, that's a small thing. That's not a, well, that's a huge thing when people are trying to communicate their health issues to someone, we need somebody who's really sensitive to that. What do you think about Neanda? Yes, I think it is a very necessary um, clinic that we need within our community and how they have a way of honoring our heritage and being able to connect with individuals who need that resource without feeling embarrassed or without feeling shameful because it's a very sensitive environment and and very vulnerable. So to be able to have people there who are well-trained and very well aware of all of the things going going on within the community is just a beautiful 
environment to be in. And, and that doesn't mean if somebody, you know, wanted to make an appointment and come over and or get a lab test done, they can be anybody else. It's just that we're definitely trained to be culturally right. sensitive to African-Americans. Now, how would somebody pay for that? I was saying earlier, you know, how, how does Roots Clinic get, you know, dollars to take care of the community? Right. Um, so definitely Medi-Cal and they have um, really wonderful health navigators that if someone doesn't have that, they will work with them to help them pay for that. And it's like a case by case basis. Mm. So, mm. yes. And you were saying something about mental health and, and Carl started flinching over there when you <laughs> mentioned that about Ujima. You know, what does yeah. Ujima do? So we'll make sure that and, and the Roots Clinic is located physically where Ujima is at, right? Yeah. Yes. So you get the uh, mental aspect and the physical aspect. And it's it almost feels like a one stop shop, which I love, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> But um, yes, Ujima, we're, we provide outpatient, um, African-centered behavioral um, health and social support services so do you find the African-American community. Do you find that, especially within the African community, the African-American community and some of these low socioeconomic communities, do you find that, that maybe men or some of the black men have uh, other challenges or greater challenges than other ethnic uh, or cultural races or cultural or cultural uh, challenges um, that are, you know, that you guys see in the clinic and that you think that you can help or you have helped in the past. And is there something that we could actually kind of generate nationwide? That's what's the word that's uh, uh, th- that all African-American men, maybe from the specific environments actually experience. If you follow yeah, that. I, yeah, I think uh, some of the challenges are some of the, um, say the things that I've noticed. I think whenever it comes to mental health, period, um, it, it seems as though it's very uh, shameful. Mm-hmm. And it isn't. Mm-hmm. It is uh, something that someone is dealing with, but they are not their mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I think working with people to really get them to understand that this is something that you're working through, but this is not who you are. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're living in a society where um, black people tend to be demonized Mm. for their mental illness in relation to other, you know, populations, it's very, um, it's, it's a great amount of work that goes into talking with someone because you're almost like, reintroducing them to mm. who they are, who they truly are. And, and when you're um, talking about mental actually. illnesses, like what type yeah. of challenges, what, what may constitute mental illnesses, especially within, you know, among black men? Among black men. So um, there is schizophrenia, mm. bipolar disorder, depression, um, a lot of mental illnesses that can be extremely debilitating. Um, if there isn't the right treatment or and, the right case management. Involved, and do you find that, you know? do you find that those, men, those challenges or those mental illnesses that, that they actually recognize that they have them or how, like how do I recognize as a black man, do I recognize, okay, I may be bipolar because one day I'm happy and one day I'm sad. Or do I come in and say, wow, I've been really sad a lot lately. And you, you guys sit down and you talk to us and you diagnose, uh, and diagnose us and then say, Hey, here's what the challenge is and here's how we can help you out. 
Um, oftentimes it's the, the latter example that you gave. So someone will come in and they will discuss some of the feelings that they've been dealing with and how it's affecting them in other aspects of their lives. And usually what you tend to find within, you know, as within the black community and for black men is that it gets to a point where it's too much mm. and then they need help, mm-hmm. you know, because we have been socialized that I can handle this mm. on my own. I got this. I got mm. this until you realize it's out of your hands, it's bigger than you, and it's okay to say that you need some help, and it doesn't make you less of a man um, to have that help and and get that assistance. Well, I was tracking when Carl was asking that question because I think there's some data that support this, that um, uh, prostate cancer is so prevalent in African Americans in Silicon Valley, and I don't know if anybody knows why, I mean, that may not be fair to ask you, but have you heard of anything like that? I think I've heard of something like that. I'm not well versed on that study, but um, it's not surprising because, you know, we suffer in silence Mm -hmm. um, and it's become the norm. And I think what we really are doing as a community um, with groups and Ujima and other organizations that are really trying to raise awareness and let people know that you are not alone. This is here for you. And um, I think that kind of uh, demystifies Mm -hmm. this whole you should suffer on your own or you should wait until something gets really, 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 really bad before getting that assistance. Speaking of that, I definitely want to drive that point on right now. If anybody's listening to this program and they haven't had a prostate exam, any man, any man, but definitely Mm African-American men, we're saying today, before this program's over, Neander's going to give her her, all the contact information, or you can go out to blackchamber.com and hear the podcast again. Everybody needs to get an exam, and so at Roots Clinic, you can do it. But I want to flip over for a couple minutes because we only got about three or four minutes left. Another group that's not served that well are, are African-American elderly folks. Mm. What, do you, right. what do you guys do for the elderly? Um, so I love how we have a great relationship with um, different organizations within the community. So the churches have Mm. been huge. Mm. Um, I actually went to Bible Way Christian Center, and I was able to speak with some of the program um, people who work there, and they shared some of the um, things that they do out in the community, whether it be with homeless or the elderly, because homelessness is another huge Mm -hmm. issue that's going on. And how, um, being that we are complex beings, how oftentimes our needs cross over. So it could be mental illness, elderly, and also having homelessness. We tend to kind of forget those people that are going through those things. So it's great to be able to partner with different organizations and use our strength to come together and to help those individuals has been great. Well, we want to make sure that uh, we only got about a minute left. Can you give us how would somebody contact you or Ujima or the Roots Clinic? Do they have a website, uh, you know, any Facebook page? Uh, Could you give us that information so it'll be out here for our listeners? 
Yeah, so I can be reached at um, my email address is nianda at ujimaagency.org. How do you spell Nianda? Yeah. (laughs) N-Y-A-N-D-A at U-J-I-M-A-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot O-R-G. And do you guys have a website present? Website? Um, so I'm not sure about our website. I think we're still working on that. Okay. Um, but as far as my phone number goes, my work phone number, it is 669-245-2873. Well, Carl, is there anything else you want to ask? We got like 15 seconds and we're going to wrap up. I just wanted to say she sounds so compassionate and empathetic. And I mean, you are the right person to be out here talking about these challenges in your program, because now you make me want to go in just because you sound so warm and Warm hearted. So I appreciate that. I really do. Expect another patient. <laughs> well, we're out of time right now. We want to thank our guest, Neanda Sam King from Ujima Dalton Family Services, talking about the Roots Clinic. And like always, if you want to see this or hear this again, you can go out to blackchamber.com and go where we see our radio show and hit our podcast. And remember, stay connected. That's the main thing. Your success is through your connections. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.